This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Choices are great. Like with your podcasts, you get to choose what you want to listen to. And State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. That's why the State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you get the coverage you want at an affordable price and a policy that helps cover what you value most. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com today to create your State Farm Personal Price Plan. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Honest, passionate, and doesn't pull any punches, it's Paladino Joey on the Purple Mafia Show, here on thesportstuff.com. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey or Joey Awajin. Purple Mafia is available on the sportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. I am back once again this week to talk about the Minnesota Vikings and the Miami Dolphins in uh, the Sunshine State or whatever they call it, the, the South Beach, I suppose. I really like, uh, <laughs> I really like the border colors in the, uh, well, at least in the Yahoo Sports uh, box scores and stuff, when the Vikings and Dolphins play, it's got that classic kind of late '80s look with the the purple and then the the teal colors. I kind of like that. Kind of looks like the old Charlotte Hornets and I guess the sort of new ones too. But even reminds me of old Speak the Word shirts. They used to have those colors back in the, the late '80s, early '90s. Kind of kind of classic, good old days. So, eh, whatever. <laughs> it's the Vikings and the Dolphins. They generally have some good games, and the Vikings generally, but the Vikings generally struggle against them, and it's real frustrating. Going all the way back to Warren Moon and the Vikings back in '94, I remember the Vikings took a 28 to zero lead in the Metrodome, and next thing you know, it was 28 to 28, and the Vikings survived and won. Was it 31 to 28? It was like okay, just barely. Geez, that was uh, good times. Uh, lots of interesting history between the Vikings and Dolphins, including the Super Bowl way back during the uh, 1973 season. One of the better Viking teams that. Unfortunately, got to the Super Bowl, ran into a dynasty, didn't just didn't play that well. Kind of a another frustrating type of Minnesota Vikings big game in the in their history. We can add to the the bajillions in that category, just like every other professional franchise, though. So I'm not trying to just hammer on our team. <laughs> just about every other f- professional franchise out there has had frustrating games, including games like today. <laughs> well, Joe Philbin is apparently going to keep his job. I'm happy for him there. The Miami Dolphins have played fairly well under him, and though unfortunately they will miss the playoffs for their, uh, unfortunately for their sake, and the Dolphins do win 37-35 uh, today in a game that looked like it was going to be a lower scoring affair, and then just absolutely blew up in the fourth quarter. <laughs> we'll talk about that, uh, that's going to pretty much be the feature presentation of this uh, section of the show, the first segment. As for usual, it'll be a three-segment show, the, re- uh, the review segment, the preview segment, and the fan interaction segment. It is what it is. This game was, of course, what it was. Pretty frustrating. <laughs> and it started well. It started eerily well to last week. Matt Asiata scoring a touchdown to make it 7 nothing. Teddy Bridgewater, beautiful pass to Greg Jennings. In fact, probably about as good a pass as he's thrown 
and of course of, of many. Uh, he's thrown many good passes the past few weeks. Fourteen to zero, Minnesota. It's gold. Vikings are going to win this one without a doubt. They're playing great football, just fantastic football. Fourteen nothing. We got this in the bag. Oh wait, last week we didn't have it in the bag, did we? But this is the Dolphins, though. You know, their their defense is not bad. It's pretty good, actually, and it's getting through our offensive line just like everybody else out there, including the Hopkins Royals high school football defensive line would probably get through this offensive line right now, um, if not the, uh, the the junior varsity version of the Royals. Uh, <laughs> things looking great. Teddy Bridgewater playing well, but this time he didn't have Teddy throwing a interception that blew things up. Well, boy, he did get an interception much later in the game, but, he, well, <laughs> I don't think you can pin this one on him. Last week, you could pin two on him, and there was a misunderstanding between myself and Sebastian Balls. He kind of lit me up a little bit via Facebook Messenger in the in the evening the other uh, the other night. So, uh, he got the impression that I was saying Teddy Bridgewater had the poorest second half of his of his career so far. I just meant poor s. Poor S, like Dan Barrero used that, like a porous second half, like a not a good second half. So do apologize for any and all that may have misunderstood that, because if he misunderstood it, I'm sure other people did. Teddy Bridgewater did not have his poorest second half as a Minnesota Viking slash NFL player uh, last week. No, uh, Teddy Bridgewater had his worst game against the Detroit Lions. Um, coming off the ankle injury and going against a great defensive line and playing them for the first time. That's when he had his worst game. Obviously, he was you know, still very, very raw. And, of course, his ankle was as raw as could be. So want to clear that up, clear the air on that one. As we bounce around like a yo-yo. Before, But it's like before I start saying familiar things... <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I wanted to get that uh, wanted to get that out of the way before I forget it, to talk about that because obviously my memory is going to bounce all over the place. Being there were a couple similarities in this game, other than I mean, obviously the defensive or offensive line didn't do Teddy Bridgewater really too many favors today. They did some blocking. Teddy Bridgewater had some time to throw some passes, and that's the good part. But ultimately, when it matters, Teddy Bridgewater had zero. And I mean zero time to throw the football late in the game, and that was a uh, that was a killer. Miami Dolphins went from doing a whole lot of nothing to they started to get things going. They started their nickel and dime, their dink and dunk, as other shows like to say, dink and dunk uh, offense, and that's exactly what it was: dink, dunk, dink, dunk. And they were able to make it fourteen to seven. And then after stopping the Miami Dolphins and forcing a punt. With about a minute 20 or so left, hey, we felt pretty confident. We still had all our uh, timeouts. <laughs> Got it like that. Miami kept using timeouts. They were kind of doing us a favor, but in hopes of getting the ball back, as the Vikings got the ball, obviously, that was the good part. <laughs> they kept stopping the clock for us. That was nice. And then next thing you know, Joe Banyer's rushing up the middle for a 16-yard gain. That was fantastic. <laughs> Gotta love that. Then we used the timeouts, so we didn't burn out too much time. <laughs> Next thing you know, nice passes to Charles Johnson and Cordero Patterson, of all people, after Charles Johnson came up lame temporarily after making a catch and simply looked like he was kind of falling down. <laughs> Basically, yeah, I thought he hurt his hamstring, but really no word on that, and Charles Johnson was later, uh, later returned. 25-yard gain to Johnson and 18-yarder to uh, Cordero. I mean, it was nice to see Cordero out there taking things seriously. No, not really. He's just kind of taking things seriously at that moment. But then ultimately, 
one of the keys of the game here was a really nice sideline pass to Chase Ford. It was kind of cool to see Teddy Bridgewater throwing the ball to the sidelines. That was another Achilles heel. A lot of people have been wondering, can Bridgewater really throw players down the field on the sidelines? It ended up being a 20, what they called a 22-yard gain. They said he stepped out of bounds at the two-yard line of Miami. Or was it the one-yard, one or two-yard? But basically, it should have been a 23-yard, we'll say, touchdown for Chase Ford, but uh, yeah, this was uh, one of the moments of uh, truth for this football game today. Chase Ford, they said, stepped out of bounds at the one-yard line, but after numerous replays on the television and the camera angles were not that good, <laughs> admittedly they were not that good, but you could see, you could see that his <laughs> crucial right foot, that's the crucial part of the play, obviously, was in bounds, and Chase Ford should have had a touchdown, and it should have been twenty-one to seven. There is no doubt about that. There's no homerism to that. The announcers, all three of them, said that should have been a touchdown. They need to overturn overturn the call, but unfortunately, guess what? <laughs> the whole overturn rate has gone from what forty-five percent down to thirty-five percent in the past year, and yeah, they're not going to overturn the call for whatever bleeping reason, and the Vikings. After a couple of failed attempts to score, incomplete passes to Charles Johnson, drop passes, and obviously a play, Charles Johnson, it looked like he was interfered with, by, according to most people, I would say, looked like he was interfered with in the end zone, no flag, of course, and then there's just not enough time left, the Minnesota Vikings kick a field goal, 17-7, to great, so that's four points just that evaporate off the scoreboard, Funny how that would come back to haunt us later in the game. Boy, what a surprise that that would come back to haunt us. Could you imagine that happening? And the referees throughout today's game were in Achilles' heel for the Vikings. Lots of ticky-tack calls on pass interference along the way, and lots of non-calls coming the Vikings' way in a lot of ways as well. Ultimately, though, the Vikings did get some calls later in the game, which we do appreciate. <laughs> we definitely appreciate that, Uh <laughs> can't really complain about the, some of the calls later on, but ultimately during the course of the game, the uh, penalties really did cost the Vikings. Just Miami kept the ball, or the Vikings would lose the ball on, on non-calls. The penalties should look a lot more even than they were. The Vikings officially wind up with eight penalties for 74 yards. The Miami Dolphins with seven penalties for 54 yards. Yeah, well, it looks close, but it really wasn't, other than a couple of... Uh, uh, at least one very key call much later in the game. Ultimately, the third quarter was kind of grinded out, and it didn't look like things were going to go in the Vikings' favor. Again, a lot of calls, like I was saying, not going the Vikings' way. The defense wasn't doing very good. The defense seemed to be losing steam a little bit for the Vikings, and the offense wasn't doing a whole lot of anything. And, yeah, one call after another seemed to go against the Vikings, this or that, whatever it was. <laughs> And Miami Dolphins score a touchdown late in that quarter, much to a lot of our extreme chagrin, to make it 17-14 in favor of the Vikings, and just barely, and you just got the vibe the Vikings weren't going to win the game. I didn't feel good about it, and I don't think really anybody else did. Just nothing was going our way. Guys weren't catching balls. Bridgewater was suddenly on his back all the time again, due to being due to having to hurry or being sacked. Felt like, as usual, it felt like he got sacked 300 times. He wound up being sacked for a total of four times. It felt like 40. Uh, just the f And it's like a lot of people have been saying all over the place, do you know how good Teddy Bridgewater would be <laughs> if this offensive line was at least at like 
decent to above average. Teddy Bridgewater would be pretty amazing. It's been quite remarkable how well he has played, despite the fact that this line has really let him down during the course of the season. Uh, both quarterbacks went up with really, really gaudy numbers today. But Ryan Tannehill and that dink and dunk offense made the Vikings defense look like a prevent defense because there was just nobody there. They made short gains and then made more out of them. Yards after catch, all that good stuff. And, yep, there was an extra man on the field. Might as well call this episode Too Many Men on the Field because there was a there were more Miami Dolphins in the field today and they were wearing stripes. I'm not one to come on this podcast over the last eight years, seven years, eight years, whatever it's been <laughs> since 2008. And to uh, be a homer, to be a rube per se, and just say the ref screwed us every single week. But today, I don't think they did the Vikings any favors. And I do think that they, in a lot of ways, they helped the Dolphins during the course of the game. But again, like I've said before, a few calls late in the game did go the Vikings' way. One of them in particular drew the ire of many, many Miami Dolphins. But it felt like, you know what, we deserved it. <laughs> that was when the Vikings finally started scoring. <laughs> but not before the Dolphins took basically took over the game in that second... Uh, in that fourth quarter, I was going to say second half, fourth quarter, but ultimately the second half as well. Dolphins continuing to score along the way, going up 21-17. The Vikings have to settle for a field goal late to a lot of frustration. Again, no calls and pass interference or late hits or whatever it was. One thing after another. The Vikings get the thing within one point, though. It's like, okay, at least we're within it again. But then the Dolphins march right down the field. Dink and dunk, dink and dunk. Winds up going to Mike Wallace. Poor coverage along the way at times. Just seemed like the Vikings were not playing tight at all against this Dolphins team, and it was driving us crazy. The Dolphins are taking advantage of it time and time again. Uh, one thing after another. Dolphins go up 28-20. And then all of a sudden, the game gets extremely interesting within the final four and a half minutes. <laughs> as we, as the as Teddy Bridgewater, and right when I was saying it, I was saying this team is just, they're just too fragile. They don't respond well to things not going their way, to uh, bad calls, to the other team kind of taking it to us a little bit. They don't seem to respond well. And then, of course, right when I... Type that out onto Facebook and Twitter. Teddy Bridgewater has a really strong drive. Looks a lot like a like a great quarterback of the future out there. Completing one pass after another. Flight 17 was ready for takeoff during that drive. Gotta love that. <laughs> and ultimately ended up catching a touchdown in the end zone. Eight yards. And the Vikings also completed a two-point conversion after an offset penalty that um, <laughs> pissed off a lot of Dolphins fans. That was nice. Tied up that game, 28-28. to Ended up giving the ball to Matt Asayata after a, again, the Dolphins had stopped the Vikings, but there was an offset penalty that forced the play to be redone. Extremely fortunate moment for the Vikings there. And yes, the Vikings tie the game up after the two-point conversion, and then the Dolphins fumble the kickoff, and right away, <laughs> we go up 35-28, and it's like, yay, we got this there, we can do this, but, oh, wait a minute, that's right, there's over four minutes left in the game still. 14 points scored by the Minnesota Vikings in a couple minutes, or a couple seconds, pardon me. Officially 11 second difference. The Vikings score 14 points, actually 15 points, pardon me. And it's like, wow, this went from a fairly low scoring game <laughs> to a barn burner in about a 10 minute period. <laughs> and things are going, things are getting very interesting here. And then, well, it just went right back downhill. Calls going the Vikings' way, suddenly started going the Dolphins' way again. You gotta love that. 
And, of course, the Dolphins did what they had to do. <laughs> uh, they orchestrated a pretty good drive again. The Vikings playing prevent defense and giving Dolphin receivers wide open plays, basically. Guys like Clay and, and of course, Mike Wallace. He was open quite a bit. And it seemed like a lot of times uh, Xavier Rhodes was uh, was henpecked by the uh, by, by the refs throughout the day today. One pass interference call after another on him, and down the stretch, a pretty costly one again. <sighs> Just drove a lot of us crazy. Josh Robinson had a call against him. Uh, very uh, dis- undisciplined, undisciplined plays by the Vikings along the way as well. Gerald Hodges had a penalty. For unsportsmanlike conduct, Sharif Lloyd was unsportsmanlike, though. Uh, uh, it's like you don't want to admit it, but okay, yeah, he had an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. Not looking mature at all, and again, that's where you look fragile out there when you're not using your brain and you're making huge mistakes. Really cost the Vikings along the way, and of course that prevent defense just had a lot of us worried, like, yeah, the Dolphins are going to tie this up, and you know what's going to happen when the home team ties a game up like that, you rarely, you know, ties the game up right at the end of regulation or nearing the end of regulation. The road team rarely wins, and it turned out that way much more than we would have hoped. <laughs> As when the, After the Dolphins did tie it up and Wallace was able to catch a touchdown, and it just looked so easy. Ugh, so frustrating. Fourth touchdown pass by Ryan Tannehill today. We'll get to the stats in a minute. A lot of us, uh, Extremely frustrated on that one. Just, of, of course, he was going to catch it and score a touchdown. There just there just wasn't enough coverage on, on Wallace. It was just a one-on-one play, and it didn't seem like there was anything that could be done on that one. Very, very frustrating. Very quick pass, quick play, everything. Just a bang-bang play. Nothing really the Vikings could do defensively. Or maybe there is, but they just didn't do it, ultimately. Dolphins tie it up, and the next thing you know... Teddy Bridgewater, pretty much flat on his back multiple times. Offensive line could not protect him whatsoever. And this, of course, after he was pinned deep in his, <laughs> deep in Miami territory, like the 10-yard line, nothing really the Vikings could accomplish there. And, of course, Mr. Cordero Patterson could not, uh, yeah, just would not just kneel down and get to the Vikings to the 20-yard line. He had to try to go for it. And, of course, he didn't come anywhere near the 20-yard line, which, again, not something that's going to make the coaches happy, be it Mike Kreefer, Mike Zimmer, or really anybody else. I mean, Cordell Patterson has, has to be getting on everybody's nerves, and pretty much has been getting on everybody's nerves all season. Cordero Patterson has just done nothing more than a disappointment pretty much the entire season for this, that, or whatever it is. It's just whatever. Ultimately, Jeff Locke <laughs> receives the punt, and it's blocked out of the end zone, and the Dolphins take a two-point lead, and that pretty much spells the end of the game because, well, guess what? (laughs) There's only 40 seconds left in the game, and you know what's going to happen at that point. It's over. All the Dolphins had to do was run the clock out, and run the clock out they did. And that is pretty much a wrap on one of the most frustrating emotional games throughout this season. Lots of, uh, lots to say about this one, ultimately. Lots to, uh, lots of... (laughs) <laughs> there was a lot of tension on Twitter and on Facebook today. I was getting a little bit too tense, and I apologize for not lightening up a little bit. 
But then again, I, I think all, I, I think all of us were tense for this reason and that reason. Just this and that throughout the game. Kind of got into it a little bit at times. And I do apologize to Sebastian and Dallas Deitzenbach on Twitter. We'll get to her much later in the uh, fan interaction segment, but Sebastian as well. Probably, hopefully going to hear from Sebastian here in a minute, as long as I get the call from Dylan. I do know he called, so as long as I did get the call from Dylan, we'll be getting to that shortly here <laughs> when we get to segment number three. Ultimately, to run some stats by, uh, again, Teddy Bridgewater, making more steps towards becoming a legit quarterback in this league. Quarterback rating of 114.1, two touchdowns, one interception, quarterback rating, again, okay, I said 114, but I mean the... Uh, Completion percentage, 73.1. Ryan Tannehill attempted 47 passes, which was a career high, completing 35, probably another career high. In fact, it is. 396 yards, 74.5 completion percentage, and that's because it was dink and dunk the whole game. Four touchdowns, one interception, 118.8 quarterback rating. No fumbles lost in this one, at least for the Vikings. Um, At least for either offense. That was special teams that fumbled the ball for... Miami, uh, Matt Asiata <laughs> drew the ire of a lot of people today. Yeah, he got two touchdowns, Now, so now he's at nine on the season. And yes, there are people saying bleep Matt Asiata and his half-yard, and his nine half-yard touchdowns this year. And I agree with that because Matt Asiata multiple times this year on those short passes from Bridgewater has just not been <laughs> able to make the play. He'll tip the ball up in the air, and it's an interception, and that was at a very costly point in the game. Minnesota Vikings had a chance to do something, add to the scoreboard, maybe deepen their lead, or catch up, but just plays were not made, and at this point, this one ultimately really helped the the Dolphins win the game. I mean, it sure did, because the Vikings were driving on this one. And Matt Asiata really let us down there with another tip pass in the air. Definitely not on Teddy Bridgewater, yet even with that interception, his quarterback rating is still 114.1. Just imagine, again, another woulda, coulda, shoulda, if the touchdown was given to Teddy Bridgewater to uh, chase Ford, and ultimately that interception never happened. A, the Vikings would have won the game, definitely would have won this game today. They might have scored 40 points today, and Teddy Bridgewater's numbers would have been insane. Insane, and that's despite the fact that he was on his back uh, several times throughout the day today. Several times he was hurried, <laughs> and, and when you're hurried, you're going to throw an incomplete pass, and sometimes you just might throw a pretty costly interception, even a pick six, a la Christian Ponder. So any of you out there that want to compare Teddy Bridgewater to Christian Ponder, you're an imbecile, an absolute bleeping imbecile. There is no way in hell you can compare Teddy Bridgewater and Christian Ponder at any point in any game ever. The only comparison Teddy Bridgewater and Christian Ponder have is they started at quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. And that's it. Oh, and they have sing- and they wear single-digit numbers on their jersey. And their jerseys are purple. There we go. Well, yeah, like I said, started at quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. That's about it. That's about the only comparisons you can have with these guys. <laughs> Pretty uh, lame <laughs> comparisons, aren't they? Pretty broad comparisons. That's about it. <laughs> Maybe both of them, their arm is limited a little bit. Okay, sure, sure. We'll go there for like five half of for like a, like like a half of a second there. But ultimately, Teddy Bridgewater's clutch ability, his literal ability to respond to any type of criticism, with like uh, playing better and uh, proving them wrong. Like he can complete passes that they thought he couldn't. 
over the course of time. So again, that's why I got kind of emotional with Sebastian earlier this week. He thought I was bashing Teddy Bridgewater. Are you crazy? You think I'm bashing Teddy Bridgewater? Are you crazy? No. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I was not bashing Teddy Bridgewater, but I was being objective to a point that he had a disappointing second half after those interceptions. Was it his worst second half? Oh, no, 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 no. It was not his worst second half. <laughs> his worst second half was against the Detroit Lions uh, much earlier in the season after that awful Green Bay Packer game, of course, that he didn't get to play in because he was out with an ankle injury. He played actually pretty well against the Packers when they were here in uh, Minnesota. He didn't play great, but he played decent in that game. The past few weeks, though, Teddy Bridgewater looks like a future <clears throat> Pro Bowl quarterback in this league. Yes, he does. And the Vikings defense today made Ryan Tannehill look like a Pro Bowl quarterback because they ran out of gas, because they're on the field too much, because Teddy Bridgewater is getting sacked too much. Not Teddy Bridgewater's fault. It's the fact that the offensive line is injured, and at the same time, guys like Matt Khalil are not good. They're underachieving. Sullivan, well, Sullivan is what he is. He's he's decent, but he's a limited, he, you know, he's a limited player. He's no star. He's a decent player. He's like a B-minus center in this league, in my humble opinion. Um, a, a lot of the va- the backups for the Minnesota Vikings at the offensive line, not real good. Phil Oldhold, of course, out for the season with that pectoral injury. But to be quite honest with you, has Phil Oldhold really been anything above like a C-plus lineman in this league anyway? Maybe at some points he's been in the B range. But that's about it. Matt Kalia looked like he was in the A range when he was a rookie, but ever since, it's been a steady decline. With the exception of the past few weeks, he's gotten a little better. He hasn't gotten Teddy Bridgewater completely killed. He hasn't made a complete fool out of himself. But at the same time, he's still been <laughs> a C-minus <laughs> left tackle at best this season. And at worst, he's been a flat-out F. F-minus uh, left tackle for the Vikings. Other statistics for the day, the yardage, the total yards for the Miami Dolphins, staggering. 493 yards for the Miami Dolphins today. Oh my god! Yeah, and this after, uh, (laughs) this after what I was saying was a fairly limited uh, offense. A talented but limited offense. Yeah. That's been the Vikings' Achilles' heel pretty much for the for the for all time. Though when it's these dink and dunk offenses, for some reason we've just never been good at stopping dink and dunk offenses. And on occasion we get absolutely roasted and toasted by the really good ones like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and others over many 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 years throughout time uh, through, throughout the course of time. <laughs> Miami Dolphins won the time of possession by a pretty good margin again. And yes, the referees did have a part of that. Thirty three minutes. To the Vikings, 27, basically. Basically, you know, there's about a 6 and 4 second difference there. Lottie, Lottie bleeping duh. A 10 second difference, so we'll leave that alone. The first downs killed the Vikings today. 36 first downs for the Miami Dolphins. 20 for the Vikings. 36 first downs for the Miami Dolphins. That is a lot of chain moving. Talk about dink and dunk. I mean, that is a lot of chain moving. It's not an exciting brand of football, but hey... If you're getting first downs, you're going to win the football game at some point in time. Most of the time. If you're getting like a bajillion first downs, you're probably going to win most of the time. Again, 9 of 13 third down efficiency for the Miami Dolphins. That's not good. 7 of 12 for the Vikings. That's not bad. But uh, the total yards and, and the first downs and, the fr- and all that stuff, scary, man. Absolutely scary. Miami Dolphins destroyed the Vikings in 
that category. Oh my. <sighs> Vikings getting two turnovers the, uh, and giving up one today. But um, boy, in a definite unfortunate uh, game in general. The kind of game that's going to really bring out a lot of emotion from us fans, from the players. I mean, there was a lot of uh, uh, fisticuffs, <laughs> to use a British word. A lot of fisticuffs throughout the game. Lots of lots of taunting, lots of talking, lots going on. The fans were, uh, well, they were doing what they do, I guess, basically when they get their way from a ref, and they were booing the hell out of the refs when they didn't get their way. It was just one of those overly emotion type of games. And even though these two teams, you could definitely not call them a rivalry because they're too far apart. They don't play very often. Um, though they did play in a Super Bowl like 40 years ago. That's that's 41 years ago they played in a Super Bowl. So <laughs> you barely even, you know, most very, very few people even remember that game. I wish I did. But when I watched it, it on YouTube about a year ago, it's just like, you know, it's just the same old thing. <laughs> it's just the same old thing. It's just different guys in a, in a different era, but a lot of the same type of stuff that you see today. You know, drop passes, uh, poor cover, or cover like you know, broken coverages. Damn it, you know, fumbling the ball, stuff like that. Just the same stuff you see today. It just happened to be at a different time. The uniforms were a little bit uglier, and uh, but some of the players were actually pretty damn good, even though they weren't as big. Some of them, or most of them, but they were certainly skilled, and that was the key there. Look at me bouncing all over the place yet again. Mm-mm-mm. Receivers today for the Vikings, Greg Jennings, well, he was good when he was targeted. He was targeted only three times, but perfect. Teddy Bridgewater and Greg Jennings have a nice nice thing going. Red Ellison with a massive 40-yard uh, reception. Catch and go, again, like I said. Just nobody could stop Red Ellison down the stretch. I mean, he was really, I mean, down the stretch on that play, the 40-yard gain. He was fantastic. Ultimately, we stepped out of bounds. Uh, very tough to tackle. Really like Red Ellison, and he catches balls that are thrown his way. Flight <laughs> Flight 17 took off for a 20-yard gain on one of those scoring drives as well, and of course his touchdown. Really like what Jarius Wright brought to the game. Charles Johnson was good and not good, and at the same time, there should have been a pass interference call on at least one of his receptions throughout the game today. And Cordero Patterson ultimately wound up with one catch for 18 yards. We appreciate that. It helped the Vikings get into position to score later on on that controversial call but that's it didn't really see much out of him he was out he was basically in the game at that point because charles johnson pulled up lame so there it is there it was charles clay killed the vikings throughout the day definitely a possession tight end slash receiver hybrid slash fullback type kind of like their version of a red ellison but better i guess Targeted 10 times, 6 catches, like I said, 114 yards on the day. And Mike Wallace, well, he caught every pass that was thrown his way, including 2 touchdowns. Extreme frustration for the Vikings in that category. So, there it is. I mean, whatever. Blair Walsh made all of his kicks today, so there it is. He ended his extremely bad streak. Very cool to see Blair Walsh kick better in probably a less windy situation there in a humid state like Miami, Florida. Good job, Blair. At least it wasn't indoors, right? At least he made him outdoors, huh? <laughs> so, <laughs> got to appreciate what we got out of that one. Sharif uh, Floyd shared a half a sack with Chad Greenway early in the game. Tom, Tom Johnson, who's the, the quiet sack getter for the Vikings all season. Vikings get two sacks. Dolphins get four. 
the guy I mentioned last week, Cameron Wake, their sack king, now has 11 and a half sacks on the season because he had two today and was absolutely a stud for the Dolphins the entire game, hurrying Teddy Bridgewater, forcing him into, into bad passes or throwaways throughout the game. Miami Dolphins defense, as advertised, very solid, and um, they proved to be a threat throughout the game, particularly on that defensive line. They have some similarities to Detroit. Not not as good, but some. They're, they're kind of similar. They're just a little bit more, yeah, dink and dunk than Detroit's more like vertical offensive style, particularly when Kelvin Johnson's available. So I'm going to kind of wrap up this game review. I was all over the place, but so was the game. Did, did you really think that, uh, <laughs> did you really think this was going to be an easy game to review? Yeah, emotionally, sure. You're going to have emotions and you're going to have a lot to say. That's the easy part. But to be organized about it? Yeah, right. This game was about as unorganized as you'll ever get. But then again, what kind of season has this been? It's just been a big mess. The only good part is at least the Vikings themselves seem to be fairly organized uh, under Mike Zimmer versus what we've seen the last several years under the uh, the Childresses, the Tices, and of course Leslie Frazier, who was as bad as it gets. So let's take a break. Let me cool off a little bit. (laughs) I'm still hot from today's game. I'm sure those of you out there are as well. Let's take a break. Let's get to that NFC North roundup, which will be the second last one of those this this year, if you can believe it. We're going to talk about the Bears, of course, coming up at the end of the segment. And yeah, it's also part of the NFC North roundup because they played the Detroit Lions today and the Green Bay Packers will prepare for their showdown next week in Lambeau Field. We're going to talk about that right after this. Ah, winter and snow are back again. Nothing tastes better this time of year than Vanilla Bean Buffalo Sweat by Tallgrass Beer from Manhattan, Kansas. This Vanilla Bean edition of Buffalo Sweat literally warms your innards in this outstanding stout with that warming vanilla kick. Don't forget to try 8-Bit Pale Ale, the official beer of this podcast. When you see Pac-Man licking his chops, you found an amazing can and an even better beer. Check out the many other wonderful beers Tallgrass offers on their website at www.tallgrassbeer.com. Use their beer locator to see what's available in your area. You can follow Tallgrass on Twitter at TallgrassMN and like them on Facebook. Simply search for Tallgrass Minnesota. Tallgrass Beer, bringing people together over a beer since 2007. Too busy to sit in front of a computer? Simply download Purple Mafia on iTunes for Apple devices. For Android, download the Double Twist app. And for Windows and BlackBerry phones, simply find us in the store. And now, back to Paladino Joey. And we are back here on Purple Mafia. It is the NFC North Roundup segment. Oh yeah. And the final preview of the year, at least for the Minnesota Vikings. Then after this... Going into next week, we will preview the first round of the playoffs and go from there. Uh, My pick for the Super Bowl champion, by the way, yeah, they're done. That being the uh, San Francisco 49ers, uh, yeah, they're done. They lost to the Chargers. We'll get to that in a a jiffy here. We'll, we'll, We'll get there when we get there, I suppose. Green Bay Packers are definitely not done, and neither are the Detroit Lions. They are going to the playoffs. The Packers win 20-3 today over the now 2-13 Leslie Frazier defense and Lovey Smith-led 
Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 2-13. and 13. Not sure how long those two guys are going to last. Remember, Leslie Frazier, in his first full season as head coach of the Vikings, 3-13. and 13. Yeah, not good. Packers, 11-4. and four. Lions, 11-4. and four. The Lions hold the tiebreaker as of now, but if Green Bay wins next week, they will, of course, have more wins than the, uh, the Lions. One of these two teams, Green Bay and Detroit, will have 12 wins and four losses. The other will finish 11-5 and five and be a wild card in the first round, but a very dangerous wild card. Packers likely to uh, be the 12-4 and four team because they're hosting the game, but we'll talk about that in a bit. I should be getting ahead of myself. 20-3, nondescript type of game. Tampa Bay, they just suck. They just suck, and Green Bay just kind of slowly but surely kind of did their thing today. Nothing special, yet at the same time, Aaron Rodgers, his efficiency was off the charts. Didn't throw an interception, only threw one touchdown, but threw over 300 yards. 40 attempts. I'm not even sure why against this team, but eh, it is what it is. 31 completions, lots of dink and dunk, it certainly looks like, even though it's a decent amount of yards. But, well, Tannehill had almost 400 yards today. So, yeah, dink and dunk, you're going to get a lot of yards. Green Bay Packers wound up with 431 yards. Tampa Bay, 109 yards on offense. It's good stuff. Uh, Good stuff. Tampa Bay... Absolutely really nothing to brag about there at, at all. They didn't do Jack you-know-what. Josh McCown completing under 50% of his passes in interception. Quarterback rating 48. Great stuff. Great stuff. Uh, Tampa Bay, they're just going nowhere and nowhere fast. That's really all there is to say. Really boring game overall. I'm glad I'm not a Bucks fan. And I'm sure the, they're wishing they weren't as well over there. Doug Martin, only 17 yards on the ground. I mean, they couldn't even do anything against a uh, Green Bay Packer defense that's talented, but they're not this good. My God. Eddie Lacy just powered his way right through everybody. You know, sometimes I forget just how big that guy is. Like, he's big. He's like a big, like a fullback almost. I always think of him as more of an athletic type. No, he's a big, giant fullback size type of running back. Powered his way for 5.8 yards on the ground. 44 yards. I mean, he's like Thunder for New York years ago. <laughs> oh man, I mean just a just a just a much better version of Thunder <laughs> for the New York Giants when they won the Super Bowl twice. The whole Thunder and Lightning thing going on there. Uh, Ninety nine yards on the ground, effortless. Forty four yard run to the end zone during the course of the game. Just kind of a meh game overall. <laughs> Unless you actually wanted the Packers to win. Randall Cobb, possession king. He he must be a ghost out there, right? Because <laughs> he's possessing things. Eleven catches. For uh, 131 yards, Jardy Nelson, 9 catches for 113 yards and a touchdown. And after that, it was kind of was pretty nondescript. But overall, an elite Green Bay offense that didn't even really have to be elite today. They just kind of won the game and are on their way to bigger and better things, I suppose. Possibly a first-round bye should they win the division next week. And I, whoever wins this division is going to get a first-round bye. And whoever loses, they're going to have to go on the road in the first round. It, it, it just sucks when you don't win the division. And, and when when you have two really good teams in the same division, you do not want to be that second place team. Oh, because you, you you don't you know it's a whole different situation. You don't, not only don't have to play at home, but you gotta you know you you have to you have to play in the first round instead of just skip up to the second. <laughs> That's a pretty nice uh, luxury that the winner of this division will have. The, the opponent next week, oh, it's going to be a big game. You know, it's going to be a big, big game. You know, lots of playoff implications. Okay, zero playoff implications. But today's game, well, it kept the Detroit Lions very much in contention for the NFC North Championship should they go to Green Bay and win. They win 20-14 to in a game where 
Jimmy Clausen. The Pickle Man, right? No, not really, but that's what I call him, the Pickle Man, because Clausen pickles, yeah, you know. Eh, 20-14 to 14 win for Detroit, another ho-hum type of game on this side of things. Jimmy Clausen, nothing special, but he, he was okay. You know, he was better than he's been pretty much in his career <laughs> so far. Just decent. Two touchdowns and interception. Quarterback rating at an even 77. 131 yards. Not 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 a bad game. Matthew Stafford actually kind of sucked, <laughs> quite frankly. The Bears actually, the Bears defense actually finally was decent today, keeping the Lions to 20 points. Stafford didn't throw for any touchdowns. Quarterback rating 53.7. Very, uh, he, he had a decent amount of yards, almost 250, but yeah, I mean, he had to throw 39 passes to get there. Matthew Stafford, this was the other half of him. Like I always say, he's kind of that Jekyll Hyde, Carson Palmer type, where one week he'll look like a star, and the next week he'll look like like crap. <laughs> and that was pretty much the case today. Stafford, not good, but Detroit, good enough. And Chicago, just simply not good enough. Reggie Bush getting a touchdown early, kind of finally coming back into the picture. Um pretty boring game though. I, the, the Lions basically took control of things late after being basically bored, I gotta think, throughout the game. And Detroit, and Chicago, well, I mean, their defense was actually trying in this one, which, that's good. Good for them. They're trying to save face a little bit. And of course, with Mr. Cutler out of the picture, maybe some guys are trying a little teeny bit harder because they were sick of Cutler. And I don't know, he wasn't making anybody feel better about themselves, that's for sure. The Lions scored 10 points. And win a, win a ugly, boring, black and blue division type of game. When you get Chicago and Detroit playing, it's going to be black and blue. And that's what it was today. And that's pretty much all there is to it. The Minnesota Vikings will host the Chicago Bears next week in TCF Bank Stadium. It will wrap up the 2014 season. Missing the postseason. Will the Vikings go from a team that almost could that could have almost finished 8-8 eight eight to 6-10 and ten next week? Will the Vikings actually lose to Jimmy Clausen and the Chicago Bears next week? I doubt it. I don't think so, but maybe. <laughs> Jim Tressman most likely on his way out. Jay Cutler, well, they're gonna they might try to trade him and that's maybe the only way to get rid of him because I don't think they can cut him without basically giving up a whole lot of money and I'm not sure you really truly want to do that. You'll still be strapped with a cap. The cap hit'll still be there, so that's the problem in that situation for the Chicago Bears. They'll have to give up a lot of money to get rid of Jay Cutler. And um That'll suck for them. <laughs> it certainly will. Jimmy Clausen playing against the Vikings. I mean, who knows? I mean, he might do a little bit of something out there, though I don't expect all too much. And I'm sure the Chicago Bears, who uh, Jimmy, you know, don't expect Jimmy Clausen to be any type of long-term solution at the quarterback position. Not sure what the Bears are going to do, other than hopefully for their sake, get lucky like the Vikings did and have a quarterback like a Teddy Bridgewater slip to them in the draft, just like the Vikings had Teddy Bridgewater slip to us in the draft. Like I always preach, the Vikings need to get lucky and have a good quarterback slip to them in the draft. It finally happened after like eternity. The Bears need the same if they're going to, well, start heading in a better direction. They've got a lot of holes, a lot like the Vikings did last season. The Vikings still have a lot of holes on defense safeties. Uh, Josh Robinson, I think, could be better. Obviously, the offensive line could be a million times better. Bears, similar situation to last season's Minnesota Vikings. A terrible defense. Uh, a below-average offensive line, a quarterback situation that's, well, it's not working out, to be quite simple. A coach that's not working out. That's pretty much what there is to talk about with the Chicago Bears this season and going into this next game is not that much. It's just ending a miserable season for a team that needs to be put out of their misery for their own sake. They want to be put out of their misery. 
you know, to be quite honest. And that's basically what next week is. Vikings, I'm sure, will be playing for some pride. Hope to get a solid, semi-solid 7-9 and nine finish to the season. Would have preferred 8-8, eight and eight, but at the end of the day, 8-8 eight and eight versus 7-9. and nine, Eh, you know, I mean, it looks a little bit better. And it gives the Vikings momentum going into next season. Oh, wait. My man, that really doesn't mean that much, to be quite honest. Though it is a confidence builder for a guy like Teddy Bridgewater. Um, or at least you hope it does. Uh, sometimes it doesn't mean anything, I guess. It just makes the season and the overall record look a little bit better. Possibly a slight confidence going into next season. A confidence booster. I do think the Vikings win the game. I think the Bears are going to lose. I think they're just going to lose the game. It's going to be more the Bears are going to lose than the Vikings are going to win. Though I do think the Vikings will give a decent effort next week. And I think the Bears won't. I think that'll be the difference, (laughs) ultimately. Regardless if it's in Chicago or at home. Though the Bears always play the Vikings well in Soldier Field. They are using a quarterback that's not as good as (laughs) Jay Cutler. Even though Jimmy Clausen at one point in time, you know, during the 2010 draft, was looked on to be a top five or so pick that ended up slipping well into the second round. Quite shocking for a lot of us out there. He ended up slipping past the Vikings, who drafted first in the second round and took, uh, well, not first, but one of the top picks in the second round and took Chris Cook, one of the most disappointing drafts in the history of Minnesota Viking football. Went up with Chris Cook and uh, Toby Gerhardt. Yeah. A lot of good that did us. You notice a little silence after that comment. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much all there is to say. I mean, do I really need to preview the Chicago Bears as if this game means something? And as if the Bears are going to really put up a good effort? Okay, yeah, they have Matt Forte. He's a nice running back. Sure. But what's his mood going into this game? It's not going to be that good. They have a lot of good receivers. I'm sure the Vikings could use Alshon Jeffrey and, and Martellus Bennett and a guy that didn't play today because of injury. That being Brandon Marshall, they they could they could use him. And of course, Matt Forte would be a nice improvement over Matt Asayata. Maybe he might actually catch a pass and go somewhere with it, because Matt, Matt Forte has often been a very nice receiving running back for the Chicago Bears, in fact, for many years. And today, he had six catches for, for 40 yards and a touchdown. Even today, Matt Forte was able to accomplish that. The Vikings haven't had a good receiving uh, running back since uh, Chester Taylor. And he was really good on those third downs, per se. Those those like third and eights, per se. Oh, he was so valuable on those. Mm, Chester Taylor, I miss you so much. At least that part of you. <laughs> Did miss the uh, the bad attitude and the uh, the money grubbing. And of course, Sebastian Balls often says that was his favorite episode of Purple Mafia. Man, I haven't heard that one in eons and eons and eons. Maybe I should look it up sometime. <laughs> It'll be on the Purple Mafia archives and uh, thesportstuff.com if you guys are interested out there. Maybe, yep. Maybe you're interested, maybe you're not. It is what it is. Yeah, that was way back in, was it March of 2010? Yeah, Vikings could have used Chester Taylor that year, but yeah, maybe they couldn't. <laughs> that whole team was just a complete disaster. Kind of like this year's Chicago Bears, to be quite honest. The team that looked like they had some promise, and then, no, they didn't have any promise. They just suck. They just choked, or, you know, they just choked away this year. They're going to finish 5-11 and in fourth place in this division. Unless the, they actually beat the Vikings on Sunday and the Vikings would finish in last place in 6-10. and 10. Could you imagine that? Wouldn't that be crazy? Let's just make sure that doesn't happen. That's a big reason to want to win on Sunday. And Bears ultimately, well, maybe they want to hire a draft pick so they can get something like a quarterback out there. Maybe they could get the Oregon Duck. No, who knows? <laughs> Probably not, but who knows? 
All right, well, that's a, that's about the preview for the Chicago Bears. They're not going to really give much of an effort, I don't think. I mean, they, some of them are going to try, and a lot of them aren't. I'm sure Clausen's going to do the best he can, but how good is he at this point? I don't know. I mean, he slipped in the draft for a reason. His attitude, and plus the fact he, he's just not that good. I mean, even sometimes a guy with a bad attitude, they still find their way into the, uh, you know, the starting lineup and do a, uh, you know, have a decent career out there regardless if they're a bad attitude or not. Jay Cutler, <clears throat> he found his way into the NFL, at least, and into the starting lineup. But, yeah, go Bears. Way to way to recruit quarterbacks. Oh, boy, the days of Jim McMahon must be really, really <laughs> dancing in their heads right now. Mm-mm-mm. I can't even imagine. They must, be, they must dream about Jim McMahon every night at this point in time. And I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not trying to be sarcastic. I'm being sincere. They must dream about Jim McMahon. That's how frustrating they must be with a guy like Jay Cutler at quarterback. So with that said, I think the Vikings score points next week. I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to have one of his better games as a pro. He's going to finish strong for the season. I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to throw three touchdowns. He's finally going to have a three-touchdown pass game. I think he's going to have a big one next week. I think he's going to throw for 300 yards, three touchdowns. Hopefully not in an interception this time. Hopefully... Matt Asiata doesn't tip a ball in the air, or Cordero Patterson doesn't, or Charles Johnson doesn't tip a ball, or Greg Jennings, God forbid, whoever it is, or he just doesn't have a mental gaffe of some kind at one point. Or, well, who knows, maybe he'll try to heave a Hail Mary at the end of the first half and it'll be intercepted. Who knows what's going to happen, but hopefully no interception. But three touchdowns, 300 yards, Teddy Bridgewater is going to finish the season very strong. And... um It'll be a fun game to watch, at least a, a nice way to close out the season, a nice confidence builder for the Vikings. Running game is just going to be what, it, what it's been, kind of in and out. Some, sometimes they'll look strong, sometimes they won't, but uh, ultimately the story of the day for the Vikings will be Teddy Bridgewater. He's going to finish the season strong, give us a confidence builder going into next season, and yeah, we'll just go from there and hope they make take, take the right players in the draft, be it uh, offensive linemen. Um, maybe a defensive tackle, <laughs> maybe, may, maybe not, maybe we don't even need to with Sharif Floyd to live all Joseph, but um, and, and an offensive tackle would be nice, linebackers, safety, we'll see where things go, wide receiver again, wouldn't that be crazy, maybe, <laughs> maybe, but I gotta think it's gonna be linebackers and offensive linemen are gonna be really high on the Vikings, uh, and of course uh, a safety are gonna be really high on the Vikings radar going into the uh, the, the draft and the offseason. We'll see where things go. We'll talk about that when the time comes. And Sebastian Balls will definitely join me for that. And for the postseason, Dylan Richardson will be joining me possibly as early as next week to preview the playoffs, but by the week after that, like first round review, second round preview, I'm going to go gung-ho to get Dylan Richardson on from there all the way up to and after the Super Bowl where the, uh, the New England Patriots will finally get their fourth <laughs> elusive Super Bowl ring, I hope. So with that, we are going to wrap up this segment. I think the Vikings ultimately score 28, and Chicago winds up with 14. 28-14, Minnesota has a nice confidence booster, a nice way to send send things off into the uh, into the offseason. We finish 7-9, and nine, feel good about the future, but of course still a little disappointed that we didn't sneak into the playoffs somehow, or finish at least finish 8-8 eight eight or 9-7, something like that. Would have been nice, but hey, it'll be a fun way to wrap things up, and the Bears will go into the offseason 5-11 with a nice draft pick, hopefully for their sake, and they will have a new coach too. 
with that, we'll wrap things up and we'll jump into the <laughs> we will jump into the fan interaction segment. Three count them three calls ultimately have come as I was contacting Dylan Richardson during the the brief break there and yeah <laughs> I've got to come I'll get him in the order received Sebastian first Brent second and Mark Carlson out of Iowa third you will hear their voices one two three I will respond to the calls in kind right after the they're they're, they're done talking and then we'll go from there into the fan interaction segment of Facebook Twitter. And we will waltz into the final season, week 17, into the uh, and into the postseason conversation <laughs> next week. Do you shop on Amazon? Did you know that you can support this podcast? just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping, and Amazon sees that we referred you, and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com, and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. Contact us and support Purple Mafia by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter. Don't forget to call into our phone lines at 209-736-7877. That's 209-736-7877. Hey, Joey. It's Ashton again. And that game sucked, but it was exciting. Um, Worst refing call I've seen since. Probably the 2009 championship game, and yes, it was that bad. We can't blame 110% of it on the refs, though. We did not play defense very well. Our offensive line played okay, but not great in the stretch. I mean, our last play on offense, you know, three-man rush, five guys at the line, and they still get a sack on Teddy. That's not cool. Um, yeah, that uh, four points really came back to hurt us from that. Allison at Ford, Ford touchdown, Chase Ford, yeah. But either way, we shot ourselves in the foot. Uh, penalties that probably shouldn't have been penalties, but there were penalties. Uh, Xavier Rhodes played his hard out, started Teddy Bridgewater. J-Rob had an okay game. Our linebacking core, you can definitely tell, was beat up. Our defensive line, I don't know what happened today. Uh, it was just crazy stuff. But, you know, going into it, now we have a better draft pick, and... Um, I'm not too huge on that, even being that's what I try to cover. And our frequency is we should get some um, offensive linemen. But thanks for letting me call in. Uh, I'd like to say my Fran Ward goes to Teddy. My disappointment, T-Jack Award, will probably go to Gerald Hodges. He did not have a strong game, uh, even after looking good last couple of weeks. And just want to make this public out there. I know I'm not supposed to do a long phone call, but I just want to make this public out there. The reason he was not prepared for like five weeks on end, and I know we keep ripping on him for this, is because he's a backup. Anthony Barr came back into his place and sort of Chad Greed away. So, you know, he didn't get any playing time because the starters were actually, you know, starting. And then I would say my person that's not there award, I can't remember what we're calling it, but did not really show up. Um, 
Yeah, I just give this one to. I don't even know. I'll leave that one up to you guys. Let's see. Probably a punter. You know, it was a horrible punt at the very end, but the offensive line didn't do much. Joe Banyard had a bad game, too, but thanks for letting me call in. Sorry about the long call. Bye. And I thank you for that call, Sebastian. Look at you. Too long, man. Too long. No, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, I'm not going to ban anybody from calling in because it's too long. I prefer that it's a minute, but once in a while I'll make an exception, and Sebastian being he's been a co-host, and he'll probably most likely be on this show numerous times in the future, you know, he's going to probably get a little leeway at times. Though, again, yeah, I mean, it does tend to make the show longer, plus with so many points to get to. Some of them I'm going to kind of, you know, let Sebastian make his points, and you guys make your opinions of it. Uh, In other cases, I'll address what I can here to keep the show moving. Um, yeah, the O-line really did let Teddy down on the, down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, and it's ridiculous. Yeah, three-man rush against five players. That's pretty ridiculous. I mean, what the hell happened there? Just a flat-out breakdown and the lack of skill and all that good stuff. Just really ridiculous. The refs, the, yeah, I mean, the, the game was exciting. I do agree. Because it's like, I know a lot of us tend to be like, man, worst game ever, sucked big time when we lose, like on one little play at the end. And if we won the game, like, oh, that was an awesome game. It was so great. It was a good game in terms of the entertainment, the, the mood swings, and the and the momentum swings. It just sucks that we lost. You know, it just sucks. And it's just a lack of clutch ability and players just not being where they needed to be at the right time, right place. The Hodges comment, I got you. Yep, yep, I get you there. Um it seemed like he was doing so well early. That's what kind of threw me off a bit. But no, I, I get you that he's a, he, he, is a, he is a backup. And I'm not sure if he was the worst player out there. But he wasn't, he, he wasn't a good day for, it wasn't a good day for uh, Gerald Hodges. No, I, I do agree. And the uh, term you were looking for, the player that's kind of missing, that's, that's the urban legend. I'll get to that later. I'm kind of blanking on that one right now. Anyway, that might be the urban legend of who it is this week. No, no, I'll I'll, I'll get to somebody in a in a few minutes here. Really good call, lots of passion, and um, you know, I'm I kind of just letting him have the floor in that case where maybe I don't even comment back so much because he made so many points. If I if I comment on everything, I'll be like talking about it for like the next twenty minutes. So, <laughs> you know, it, yeah, I mean, it's the whole point is you guys listen to him, not me. Now listen to me commenting about what he said, per se. You know, that's probably the whole point. That's basically what that's all about. So now we jump in to Brent Jacobson. This message is for Joey and Purple Mafia. Brent Jacobson here. Uh, immediate reaction to the game. Oh, not quite immediate. Reaction to the game. Quit blaming the refs. If our offensive line... Would have given Teddy more time, even more blocked better in that punt, or what have you, we would have won. Yeah, that Chase board call was bull bleep, but we still could have won. I'm liking the signs of life our defense shows, loving Teddy. Hey, this is, we're not going to make the playoffs this year. We already knew that. Let's, let's just play out the string, do the best we can, figure out who needs to go, Plunger, <clears throat> or a few of the offensive line, maybe Jeff Davidson. Anyways, I'm out. Bye. 
Man, thank you always for the call, Brent. Love that one there. The Call of Fame there, Sebastian and Brent, members of the Call of Fame, the overall Hall of Fame. All of these guys are in the Hall of Fame, too, today. <laughs> Purple Mafia Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, good, 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 you know, hey, quit blaming the refs. I hear you there. <laughs> Look at me blaming the refs on the whole show today. No, not not really as much. The Vikings did have a chance to win the game. Yeah. It's just, it sucks that there was such a letdown with that Chase Ford one and, and others along the way. Some of the pass interference, though, you could say some of the pass interferences were correct. They were just close type of thing, or they could be called either way type of thing, and it just happened to not roll our way. The dice didn't roll our way type of deal. Yeah, it, it kind of is what it is, and that's what sucks about officiating here and there. I mean, sometimes it just doesn't go your way. I, I hear you there. I do wish, though, I do wish they got it right with that one because they spent a lot of time on that Chase Ford play. But no, good point. We still we still could have won the game. That's what's kind of sad when the O-line did not do their job. Yeah, I mean, they're really the goats of the whole game, to be quite honest with you. The O-line, and, and it's funny because they were better at times. Teddy Bridgewater did have times to make plays, did have, at, did have opportunities and time to make plays, on occasion, and on other occasions, he was flat on his back, and conveniently, when we needed to make a drive, he couldn't make a drive because he was flat on his back, which sucks. Um, yep, very excited about Teddy also, and yep, just end the season, it is what it is, you know, play it out type of thing, and I'm looking forward to next week, I think Teddy Bridgewater has, statistically, his best game as a, uh, his best game of the season, at least with the touchdowns and possibly the yardage as well next year. I think Teddy Bridgewater has a, uh, I think he has a huge game next week. I think he wants to end strong, and that's what is, is going to happen. It'll finish up his rookie stats pretty nicely, and there it is. It'll be fun to watch. Thanks again for the call, Brent. Time for Mark Carlson. Mark from Iowa. Hey, this message is for Joey and Purple Mafia. This is Mark from Iowa checking in. I just want to say Merry Christmas to uh, all the other fans and listeners out there. Enjoy. It's been a great year uh, listening to your show. I've enjoyed it so much. And uh, this game was so exciting to watch today. I mean, uh, got to give the Tarkington Award, in my mind, to the coach that called the two-point conversion. That was great. Um, so give it to Zimmer, Joey. Hey, school, Purple Mafia, I'll keep listening. Thanks. Hey, Mark, thank you so much for that call. Really appreciate what you had to say, and I uh, want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year as well. Merry Christmas for now. We'll say Happy New Year on the next show. So this this is Christmas week, doggone it. And, yeah, usually the numbers dip during holiday weeks, but it is what it is. Maybe maybe it'll go way up. Who knows? This is such an entertaining game, like you said. And it's just so much to say. This show is gonna. This show is ending up longer than some of them have in the past because of that reason. And some, um, well, whatever. It's a, it was a very entertaining game. It was a crazy game. Disappointing finish. Definitely was what it was. Given the Tarkenton to, Mar- to Mike Zimmer. Well, you know, yeah, it's a possibility. We'll we'll see where we go with that. But yeah, he yeah he was pretty good today. Yes, um, and I really like that two point conversion. And how it turned out, without a doubt. Really, thank you for that call. And again, want to wish you a Merry Christmas and everybody listening a Merry Christmas as well. And those of you out there that may celebrate Hanukkah, I wish you a Happy Hanukkah as well. So, here we go. On to the Facebook page. Rock and Roll, one of the uh, feature presentations of this uh, part of the show anyway. The fan interaction section. We always like to start 
usually where we leave off from the previous week, and that's often where I post about the new show has come out. That was episode number 186 at that point. I want to apologize for the delay, is that uh, for some reason it was taking a while to come up. You know, the internet here is not doing so good. The modem has really been uh, struggling in its, in its last days, unfortunately. I'm looking at it right now and kind of giving it a little ode, like ode to a dead guy on Dan Barrero. Yeah, I mean, it's been a, been a good five plus years for this modem, and it's probably time to move on here for multiple reasons. Anyhow, <laughs> I finally got to where I needed to go, and Adam Carlson of the Purple People podcast says, nice title. He, he liked how I called it Black and Bloopers on the last episode. Robin Solomon simply saying, finally, thank you. And then she says, yes, I was pissed also that they lost. The defense stepped it up more. As for AP's non-return, I think it would have been good to come back now and re-wet his feet. Let the haters rant and scream their disapprovals toward him. Therefore, it's out of everyone's system. And start a new next season with no distractions from the stands. Yeah, I, I like that. I like what, what she said there. Tanae Brown saying, can't wait to listen, Joey. It's a shame we didn't get the win, but I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say about the game. Thank you very much, Tanae, and hopefully you're, lo- hopefully you're looking forward to what you had to say. Today's game, it was a crazy one. Really appreciate that Tanae listens. You know, very loyal guy and really, uh, really nice friend here on Facebook out of New Zealand. Just really, really good guy. Big Timberwolves fan, as I've mentioned in the past as well. Justin Day, Justin out of Rochester saying, while I am no fan of Seattle, I will take them them from them getting home field and getting to the Super Bowl 100% of the time over the Packers. Yeah, I can't I can't disagree with that in terms of, hey, you know, the Packer fans are even more obnoxious than Seattle fans, which is, again, hard to believe. Because, uh, well, they've had reason to be on their quote-unquote bandwagon, and Seattle's flashing in the background right now playing against the Arizona Cardinals. Go Cardinals. Yeah, that's I'm showing my disapproval for that Seattle team. I don't disagree with you there, Justin. Um, God, I hate I hate Seattle, though. God. They, do you know who they remind me of? Dallas. They remind me of the Dallas Cowboys in the 90s. Yeah, they really do. Um, just obviously a more modernized version of them, so to speak. I can't stand them. Gerald String saying, Great show as, as usual, Joey. Sorry, didn't have too many posts. Sorry, I didn't have too many posts. Was out of town all week and never got to watch the game. Probably a good thing. I really struggle with the games we should win, but find a way to lose. Like today's. <clears throat> Man, the 68-yarder would have been badass, but it just wasn't meant to be. For Tavar, uh, whoops, I mean Blair Walsh. <laughs> yep, calling him Tavares Jackson. Really happy to see Seattle's defense getting, the, or excuse me, Arizona's defense getting the job done against Seattle right now. By the way, as they're flashing in the background, go Cardinals. If they win today, that'd be pretty nice. <laughs> because if Seattle gets home field advantage, it's all over. They're going back to the Super Bowl. And the only team left that could possibly beat them is the New England Patriots. And that's it. Uh, that's the only hope. And the Patriots have not been good in the Super Bowl the last few times. Maybe this is the one, though. Um, 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 Mark Carlson saying, you have a great... Oh, here we go. Yep, really appreciate what he has to say. He says, you have a great thing going here, Joey. I really like this podcast, and Black and Bloopers was well done. Your professionalism really shows in the past two podcasts. I have been a Viking fan since I was old enough to watch TV with my dad. That doesn't make me an expert, but I have a deep appreciation for all things purple. The Purple Mafia show adds a lot to my enjoyment <clears throat> to the NFL season. I like your <laughs> I like your rants, especially related to the NFC. Like, right now I'm ranting because Seattle just scored a touchdown. 
That's why I just cleared my throat because I'm pretty pissed off. That was a pretty big defensive breakdown. Wilson to Wilson. (sighs) Blankety blank. Anyhow, you fill in the blanks. All right. Uh, Sorry about this, Mark. I got distracted with this one. (laughs) He says, Often I am smiling and laughing right along with you. I also enjoy it when you talk a little history and a bit of related stats. So keep up the great work. I gave you a five-star review on iTunes, and I hope others will do the same. One last thing. Thank you for turning me on to a new brew. I'm going to score some Buffalo Sweat for the next game. Yeah. <laughs> That's very cool. And Mark Carlson going to be a star candidate this week with a nice call and huge comment there. Really appreciate it. And I've barely gotten started on the comments here. <laughs> going to keep things moving. Gerald String saying sorry, but just have to ditto Mark's comments above. Couldn't agree more. P.S. Including the little plug for Tallgrass at the end. Well done. Yep. <laughs> that was pretty cool, wasn't it, Gerald? Yeah. These guys are great. You know, you guys are so cool. You know, really. I, I, you know, when you say how much you appreciate my show and, uh, you know, you laugh along. You know, I laugh along with you guys, too. You know, you guys are fantastic. And I, I, I rant along with you as well. Because, you know, when you're watching football, there's going to be some ranting. Even if you're the 90s Cowboys and the 80s Niners, you're going to get pissed off sometimes about this and that. Because you're not going to win the Super Bowl every year, and you're certainly not going to win every game. There's going to be a lot of BS along the way. Football is a frustrating sport, but it can be a very rewarding one if you have the ring. It could be, oh man, I can't even imagine. It's going to be nice when the day does come, hopefully. <clears throat> Dave Hickey out of Iowa saying, Another great show, Joey. Couldn't agree more with Mark's comments about the Purple Mafia show. And Gerald's Ditto. It's been a busy week, and I didn't get a chance to listen until today. So this was just recently. Wow, this was just earlier this morning. Wow. He says, uh, game day versus Miami. Joey always seems to hit a home run on his opinions of the game, the players, and coaches. It helps that I agree, LOL, except for his liking of the 49ers, one of my more hated teams. (laughs) School. Hey, you know, yeah, we're not going to agree on everything about uh, the other teams. That's where it gets interesting. When you have a second or third favorite team, it goes all over the place. It's like trying to agree on pizza. You know what I'm saying? How many people agree on the same pizza unless everybody's just like pepperoni and extra cheese? You know, I'm pretty easy with that because I like pepperoni and extra cheese, but some people want green peppers and some people want onions and some people want ground beef. Ugh, yuck. I can't, I don't like hamburgers. Just in the, and I'm not a vegetarian, if you hadn't noticed. Pepperoni's not uh, not lettuce, is it? But I just don't like ground beef. I think it tastes like leather. <laughs> that's just my opinion. Um, so, yeah, that's what it's like. I like the 49ers and the Patriots, and the Bears are my second favorite NFC North team. A lot of people out there might be like, The Bears! Ah! You know, so that's football. Football is like pizza. That's an interesting little comparison, but, hey, it is what it is. Football's like pizza. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna, before I get to the post-game thoughts, the in-game thread was extremely chaotic and crazy throughout the day, and of course so was Twitter. I'm gonna check out the other posts before I jump around too much. Uh, boy, there is a lot of stuff in here. Holy smoke. Well, it's not that much. Tuesday, back on Tuesday, Sebastian posted an article from the Daily Norseman, which unfortunately is a competitor because they do a podcast, so doggone it, and they called themselves the best Viking podcast. That's not going to sit well with somebody that's been doing it about seven years longer than you. Excuse me, if you're listening out there. The difference between Teddy Bridgewater 
and insert Vikings quarterback name here, except Brett Favre. <laughs> yeah, it's a kind of it, it's a cool article, and I respect the Daily Norseman. And I remember they were listening to the show. Um, I didn't like that uh, being included in their subtitle of their podcast, though. You know, be be careful with that one, please. That's gonna it's gonna you're gonna get some tension from me real quick. <clears throat> Excuse me, Malcolm out of <laughs> California. Posting saying, does anyone else think Sendejo looked a lot better than Blanton at safety? Hopefully he keeps it up and the coaches realize. And yeah, Sendejo did look good and, and he got hurt. And that sucks. And I'm sure Malcolm and I and others are very disappointed. Um, Sendejo is a D. Yeah, he's he's decent. Um, Blanton's like a D minus safety. Sendejo's like a C plus. Um, you know, so yeah, he, he's a little better and he's He's decent. He's, you know, that's what it was like for the Vikings back in the old days. A guy like Keith Thibodeau, I always thought was a lot better than some of the garbage we had out there in the secondary in the late 90s, early 2000s. And then oftentimes Keith Thibodeau wouldn't get to play for some damn reason because Dennis Green and his dumbass defensive coordinators just didn't seem to, I don't know, they just wanted to keep their guys in there regardless if they were getting beat or not. And, well, they were getting beat all the time. The, the Anthony Basses and Antonio Bang, or yeah, all those guys, whatever they are. And yes, uh, Malcolm Steen saying, yep, looks like Zendaya was getting the start over in active Blanton, and yep, we're very happy about that. And then, yeah, very early, like Mark Carlson says, and he is hurt. Yeah, it sucks. Sebastian clicking offsides in my ass. This was early on because I hadn't posted the thread yet, and Sebastian was asking for the thread. And... He said, last week was a trillion times more boring than this shootout. I highly agree with that comment. Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, last week sucked. It was kind of a crappy game. Sebastian, with a pretty intense comment here, pretty much about ready to wrap things up with this section, and then we get into the post-game comments in general. Sebastian saying, who'd have thought the points taken away from us on the touchdown would have haunted us? GD it, the bleeping ball. Yikes, man, listen to these. (laughs) Sheesh. Maybe this is why he didn't post it in the post-game threats. It's like pretty filled with uh, a... <laughs> it's it's uh, NC-17 here a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit here. Look at you, Sebastian. Sheesh. It's, it started as PG-13 and it's jumped into NC-17 a little bit with the the Galdern ball sucking something. <clears throat> Faced blind-ass refs screwed us. It's so hard. We should change our name to Britney Spears. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's like you kind of fill in the blanks there because, yeah, I translated it quite a bit. Whoa, Arizona Punter just took a massive hit. Hmm. Anyhow, I see a flag, and uh, that could be bad news for Seattle. Na 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 boo boo. Old Mr. Big Mouth is flapping his gums. Ha ha. Old Big Mouth. Old Big Mouth, uh,. I don't even want to say his name. I don't even want to say it anymore. I can't stand the guy. Hate him. That's number 25 on Seattle. Look at those gums flapping. Oh, I'd like to get a... I'd like to get some Gorilla Glue and just stick it in there and like freaking... Okay, you get the idea. So Khalil played okay, says Sebastian Harris got killed. And yes, Harris did get killed. And there's another guy I'd like to stick some freaking Gorilla Glue down his throat and his lips and that being Pete Carroll. Ugh. Anyhow, Vikings versus Dolphins post-game thoughts here. Anything goes at this point because I figure there might be some pretty pissed-off people. <sighs> Justin, Mayor Henry, 
posting a picture of Jim Carrey looking like he's about to throw up or scream or cry. It looks like he's going to cry. It says another heartbreak. I do believe that was from Dumb and Dumber, if I remember. Yep, the new one, the second one that came out. <laughs> Gerald String saying, no such thing as a good loss. I agree. But we fought pretty hard today. Felt like a game where the playoffs were on the line. Yeah, I, I like Teddy's development this year, as well as the much improved defense. I think we got pretty a uh, pretty good team to look forward to for 2015. I agree. Um, I do think we have something to look forward to for 2015. I hope we continue to make the steps in the right direction. Unfortunately, we've been teased with that in the past, where it looked like things were going the right direction, and then they went straight downward, and it really sucked. But at least this time around... We know where the holes are. Uh, 2015, it seemed like the holes got plugged up with, uh, you know, with like uh, with like bubble gum and duct tape. And then, oh, boom, they opened right back up again. Oh, what a surprise in 2013. Yeah, what a shock. We got our asses handed to us on a, on a weekly basis. And um, this time around, at least we seem to be very acknowledging of the holes. And they're still very visible. So hopefully we can continue to cover up those holes this offseason. Uh, we did a decent job last offseason with plugging up some, some, some of them. But most importantly, the most important position, in possibly in professional sports, and that being the starting quarterback. And I do think it is the most important position in professional sports in modern American football. Anyhow, and in hand sports in general. Yankee saying that Minnesota O-line was beat by two rushers. Two Rushers shaking my head. Yep, that's bad. Um, that's bad. Yeah, we're talking five guys getting beat by three guys or four getting beat by two. Just do the math right there. Um, that's just that's just sucks. Really, guys, you know that sucks. You just got you got. I don't know. They just got bamboozled. Quick feet, quick feet, and good movement, I guess. And guys that just don't know what they're doing. That's basically where we where we go with that one. Boy, sick watching Seattle and, and all that. But anyhow, Malcolm, <laughs> Malcolm out of California saying, I don't know why this is the most pissed off I've been after a loss. Maybe because two weeks in a row we blew a two-touchdown lead. I'm tired of seeing the other team celebrate after we feel... After, celebrate after, it feels like we were the better team. And Yes, uh, yeah. 14-0 back-to-back weeks, that's unbelievable. 14 to 0 back to back weeks. Um, yeah, and I hated the way Miami was like over. They basically were celebrating like they'd won the Super Bowl. And I was, I made me sick watching that crap. Yeah, you blocked a punt. You're acting like you just won like your third straight Super Bowl. Like, settle down. My God. You know, it got kind of ridiculous a little bit. And it was kind of like rubbing it in. And it just didn't sit well with me. But maybe I'm a little bit, just a little bit too sensitive. That's my little Minnesota sensitivity side that uh, tends to bite me in the ass sometimes, even though I hate the sensitivity in this place. Gerald String saying, tough day for Chad Greenway. Yep, yep, here we go. I was hoping, yeah, I was going to get to this. So now is my chance to do it. Um, Let's get to Gerald as he says it. Tough day for Chad Greenway. My thoughts and prayers going out to his family. He has come back to South Dakota this week for his father's funeral. Chad's been a class act his whole career and does a lot of amazing things for our local communities around here. He's a great role model for our younger generation athletes to look up to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Um, regardless of how I may feel about Chad Greenway as a player at times, at times, and he's had his positive moments and his negative moments. Yeah, I mean, if, if his dad was only 56 years old, you know, and, and this was kind of something that was ongoing for about two years. It looked like it got a little better, and then it deteriorated, unfortunately. Uh, it's just, yeah, 56. Think about it. My, you know, my dad's 71, and my mom is 66. Think about it, 56. It's just, I'm, I I feel for you, Chad. And yeah, it shows you how old I am, right? No, and my parents were a little bit older than his were too, but still, I'm older than Chad Greenway, unfortunately. <laughs> so hearing people say his career's almost over is kind of sad. But more importantly, I mean, 56, man, I mean, mm-mm-mm. Really feel for Chad. Um, thank you for trying to play through that today. Um and really, uh, best wishes to you, your family. Uh, rest in peace to Chad's father. And we will give him right now a moment of silence. And there you go. And uh, again, my condolences, Chad Greenway and the Greenway family over there in South Dakota. Best wishes. Nicole Graf McCarthy summing things up in two words <laughs> in a lot of ways. Crappy refs. They were certainly sticklers today, and that's what the announcers called them, and I agree. They were sticklers. They made a lot of tight calls on pass interference today. It was like you can't touch anybody. Mark Carlson. This got a little busier than I thought, but we'll we'll keep going. Mark Carlson saying, it is another game we should have won, quote-unquote, another game we should have won. And I think the refs were high. (laughs) I do like the way the team is working together, except for Captain Mutterland. Mutterland. (laughs) He's making fun of him. I say, while we are in Florida, we should make him walk the plank. School, Mark from Iowa. Yep, I think the captain should be uh, dishonorably discharged, Mr. Mark Carlson. I do. I, I think Captain Munderland is not a very good player. Jeez, uh, no, he isn't. In, the, in this defense, and he's still not doing that good. Yeah, he, it's disappointing, without a doubt. Robin Sullivan saying the refs screwed us for sure. They played a good game and fought hard, they being the Vikings. But I mean, blaming the refs for today's loss due to having their heads up their asses. And there's a picture saying, hey, ref, does your wife know you're screwing us? Oh, <laughs> okay. Wow, that's, <laughs> oh, man, that's a, that's a naughty picture. No, I'm saying, no, it's not that naughty. It's just funny. Oh, man. Mmm, <laughs> mmm. Yeah, this was one of the more painful ref games. Remember the Green Bay game back in 2010? Yeah, the ref screwed us pretty bad in that one. I remember the Vikings almost won that one. And then Favre had an interception late in the game, and Brad Childress threw him under the bus, and that was step number one of Brad Childress digging his own six-foot grave and shoveling the dirt right on top of his bald head. Just like my bald head. <clears throat> Balding head. Okay, there we go. <laughs> See, I can make fun of it, and then I have to poke down back at myself, just to be fair, because... Yeah, because it's the same reason. <clears throat> Let's see, where am I? Uh, Robin Sullivan over to Twitter now. She she was uh, real happy when I put out the podcast. She wrote, pillow, check, earbuds, check, podcast, check. Time for bed. Thanks for your time and hard work, Joey. You're welcome. So she tends to relax listening to the show. Really appreciate that. And 10 a Brown favoriting that one. Really appreciate that. Dallas, and, Dallas Deitzenbach, a very familiar name to this show along the way. I think she listens. I'm not 100% sure she listens, but she, we, I mean, we've interacted on Twitter, 
and on Facebook on here in the past. We kind of got into it a little bit, and it's my fault, and I apologize. I was just pissed off, and I don't know. And it's like, why are you defending this SOB being Cordero Patterson? And hey, you know, heck, only about six months ago, I just loved him, and I couldn't wait till he was going to be a superstar for the Vikings, or at least something close to it. But anyhow, the whole conversation starts with me saying Cordero Patterson is weak as hell, and that was... <laughs> and so was the O-line on that play. And that was the little quote-unquote trick play to Cordero Patterson rushing the ball. He got nailed by three Miami Dolphin defenders. And, yep, Sebastian also commenting earlier at the same time was saying that um, there's nothing Cordero could do. Yeah, okay, I, I understand that, but I was still pissed off. And it's like, you know, just seeing him not, not even make a move, even attempt to make a move. And the O-line obviously let us down big time. Dallas saying he's battling the flu today. I came back getting pissed off, saying that I have no sympathy. If he's sick, then don't play. Dallas says this, and then I go crazy, which is kind of sad. <laughs> I say, she says, truly, it sounds like one-third of the team would be playing. Then Sullivan is sick, too, and Coach Edwards. So then I'm like, okay, then. Do they need sympathy, or should they play better? Pick one. So she didn't like that too much. Temporarily unfollowed me, saying I was a little bit nasty. So I apologized for that, and... um She's saying she has a soft spot for C-Flash and have high hopes for him. I hope he lives up to your. I hope he lives up to your hopes, and I'd like to have high hopes for him as well. I'm tendering mine for the time being. It's not. I'm not giving up on him or anything, but I'm just saying this offseason extremely crucial for Cordero Patterson and Dallas. Um, she should be a star candidate for the conversation, and uh, be willing to talk to me rather than just unfollow me and running away. Do appreciate that. Did follow me back. <laughs> just got, <laughs> tension's a little high during this kind of a stupid game. It was that kind of game, and it's been that kind of season in Cordero Patterson. Oh, and I make a comment saying, uh, what I hate about Cordero Patterson is he doesn't give a rat's ass about football. Because he doesn't. Uh, at least, it doesn't sound like he does. He makes it sound like he doesn't. That's where I was mad, and maybe hopefully Dallas, if she's listening, isn't mad at me for saying this right now, but Cordero Patterson, in, in, in interviewing with PA, you know, he said other stuff about, you know, and other people, the, like, what is your hobbies? He's like, fashion and all that stuff, and shopping, and it's like, eh, oh, okay. That's kind of like, you roll your eyes, and you're like, that's great, man, you know? <laughs> I guess your hobby isn't football, but no, his hobby really isn't, really isn't football, because PA asked him, who's your favorite team growing up, or favorite players, and he said, I didn't really watch football growing up, and he's just nonchalant sounding about it, hey, to me, he just sounds like another spacey, young, youngster, you know, like, teenager, young 20 kind of person, that really doesn't care about much of anything, other than, you know, fashion, and shopping, and, and social networks, and being cool. That doesn't sit well with somebody like me, who's a competitive son of a you-know-what. I'm, I'm kind of like Mike Zimmer that way. And somebody that would kill to be where he is today. <laughs> you know, to hear somebody... It sounds like he doesn't really care. So, that just pissed me off. Hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully he proves us all wrong. But he hasn't uh, shown that at this point. Um, Robin Sullivan, I, I was saying, I'm honest to God. Uh, oversensitive Minnesota strikes again. I give up. Robin Sullivan saying, no, you don't. There is hope. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, I didn't see this one. Oh, okay. Jorma. Jor- Jormaqua saying, as a fan and season ticket holder, I want an explanation from the NFL. Show me what they saw. And that being, yeah, with Mike Pereira, too. So, wow, thank you for including me with them, actually. I appreciate that. That's pretty cool. Uh... 
He's saying if that's not reversed, yeah, Kevin Seifert responding to Mike Pereira saying uh, if that's not reversed in Miami, they're not going to reverse much. Reversal rate down from 45% to 36.8% this season. And uh, yeah, that's a very interesting statistic right there. It's crazy. So we'll wrap things up with three very brief comments here. Dave Martin and Malcolm in these. Dave Martin out of Northern Scotland saying, we are we are so getting screwed by the 12th man today. Refs are a joke. Grr. Malcolm saying to both of us, those extra four points would have been nice. Uh-huh. And Dave wrapping things up yet again. We got screwed over. Only good thing is a better draft pick. And yeah, that's true. <laughs> a slightly better draft pick and hopefully the right pick. Because then you listen to a lot of the statistics with Rick Spielman. He's hit on maybe two out of 18 players in the higher, the semi-higher to semi-higher draft positions throughout the last several years, and that's kind of scary. So please, Rick Spielman, start hitting on some guys or hit the road. Either hit on the players or hit the road. And I don't mean in a bad way. I mean hit on making the right pick. Thank you very much. Let's pass out the awards, or at least attempt to. Fran Tarkin Award is going to go to Teddy Bridgewater and Mike Zimmer. But <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater, though, ultimately... Huge game, really good player, really looks like a Targenton, quote-unquote, out there. I love the way he runs for those first downs and slides or gets a couple yards to make the first down much easier. A third and one versus a third and 11 or God knows what. Really like Teddy Bridgewater, really think he deserves the Fran Tarkenton Award. And yes, Mike Zimmer does get an honorable and a uh, a second, a tie for the, for the Fran Tarkenton Award. I agree with Mark Carlson and, of course, anybody anybody that would say Teddy Bridgewater deserves it. Yeah, I think you're spot on, in my opinion, and yours as well. Apparently, the stars, that's going to be a little harder, obviously, and it always is, because I, like I don't like to leave people out, but at the same time, it's fun to give people <laughs> stars and give them positive recognition on the show. And I don't know who to give to. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, so Bronze Star, I'm going to give to... I'm going to give the Bronze Star to Brent Jacobson and... Robin Sullivan. So both of you definitely are going to get the Bronze Star. Very strong Bronze Stars. Funny comments, some aggressive comments, and nice call also from Sebastian, or excuse me, from uh, Brent Jacobs. I really appreciate that very much so. Speaking of Sebastian, Silver Star. After the Gold Star last week, following up with a Silver Star. Really strong couple weeks, of course. And, <laughs> and always, you know, uh, just a wonderful member of this show. Yeah, great call. Very aggressive all day. Little back and forth with me and him for a short moment there. Little teensy weensy misunderstanding, but that's just how I, I don't know, I get a little crazy during these games, and I think he does too, actually, to be fair. <laughs> wink, wink to you. Not ripping you, just giving you, just, 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 <laughs> just, just telling it like it is, huh? You know, <laughs> might as well. Gold Star is going to go to Iowa. It's going back to Iowa. Mark Carlson is going to be holding that gold star this week. Yep. I mean, really love what he had to say. Always a, a, a nice call. Love the uh, patriotic approach to things as well. And of course, the Merry Christmas. But also, you know, I mean, just really wonderful things to say about the show. And then like your support of Tallgrass as well. I mean, that that's really cool. I got to let them know about Mark Carlson and, uh, and Gerald. Those guys have been so supportive. Gerald also... A very honorable mention for the Stars. He's always in there, and he's definitely up for the Gold Star of 2014. He's way, way up there for that possibility this year. Because I always give it out during the during the end of the year. I'll probably do it after the Super Bowl this year. Not uh, I'll, or yeah, during the Super Bowl show, I'll, I'll do it then this year versus doing wait, waiting all the way up to the uh, State of the Vikings like later on. 
I'm going to do it in the, the Super Bowl review this year. You're going to hear the uh, Stars of the Year Award, the Gold, Silver, and Bronze Award. And I almost hate doing that because I hate to leave somebody out that probably deserved something. But, you know, it is what it is. There's only three stars, and there's at least 20 or so of you out there that are just awesome. And there's uh, obviously even hundreds more out there that could and should and would post in here. But <laughs> we'll see about that. So, yes, right now, this week, though, Mark Carlson, you get the big gold this week. Enjoy it. Thank you always so much for your support. For your love of this show, and yeah, I mean, just uh, you know, just good, good comments to the show as well, and good, uh, good fandom of the Minnesota Vikings, and that goes out to the rest of you as well. Want to wish you all a good week. I don't know if it's going to snow or not. I don't know what the hell's going on, but I hope it does. I'll take snow over wet and fog any day of the week. I will, yes, sir, and I will close with this statement right here. Right now, because I always like to close with a little brief little thing about something. <laughs> if it's the weather, if it's God knows what. But hey, it's Christmas season again. It is the week of Christmas. It's a fun time of year, but I also hate it in a way. You know why? Because Christmas season comes to an end again. And it's sad. You know, I mean, I love the Christmas trees so much. I love the lights. I hate to get the vibe like it's over already. I hate it. That's the worst part about Christmas. The best part about it is, well, it's the reason why there are lights everywhere. And the, and the shopping, getting going out places is the part I absolutely hate and don't miss at all when it ends. <laughs> so that's the part I'm looking forward to. I can go get a new modem without maybe waiting 17 hours in, in the micro center to get it. That's I'm actually waiting for it. So I'm going to suffer for about another week to get the doggone modem. Ugh. Well, it'll have a nice little ode to wrap up this week, the, the modem up there. <laughs> I still remember the last time I got a modem, I was recording Purple Mafia, and I was trying to keep track of the game. I believe the Vikings had played the Steelers. The modem died during the recording of the show, and I was like, okay, yeah, good thing it's died right here when I'm about to go to break. Be right back. <laughs> had to go to break, so to speak. <laughs> and went and got a new modem, plugged it in, and, well, okay, cool. Let's get back to Purple Mafia. <laughs> That's pretty much what happened. That was about five, six years ago. It's been a while. I think it was 09, maybe even 08. Man, that's a long time ago. That's crazy, isn't it? Oh, 09, I, I think. But, yeah, let's wrap things up with that. I want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas, and we'll wish you a New Year next week. Because, yeah, we'll be recording before the New Year. It's going to be cold the next time I record, though. I'll tell you that. Regardless if there's snow on the ground or not, it will be cold. <laughs> so do stay warm during the course of this uh, upcoming week and stay safe. And again, Merry Christmas to all of you out there. Happy Hanukkah and even Happy Kwanzaa to those of you out there that celebrate that out of respect. So thank you again for listening. Tell a friend. Rate us on iTunes. would really appreciate it a rating on iTunes, and those of you that have rated, God bless you. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you when we talk to you next Sunday. Take care, everybody.